fantastic women's basketball action from over the weekend to break down. And what else will this wing bring bring besides turkey and family craziness? Well, it's preseason holiday tournament time, friends. Stay tuned. It all starts right now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Happy Monday, friends. It is November 21st, 2022. We have got a lot to talk about today. I am Missy Heydrich, National Women's Basketball Correspondent at The Next. So happy to have you here. Thank you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. You can follow me on Twitter at Missy Hydrick and be sure to follow The Next and all of my amazing colleagues there at The Next Tubes and this podcast at Locked On WBB. All right, today we're going to break down some of the fantastic games from this past weekend and then look ahead to Thanksgiving week and fun in the sun. Preseason holiday tournaments that seem to almost always B, where there is sun, beaches, and amazing B-roll scenery for the broadcast. Well, let's start with what was a fantastic display of women's college basketball yesterday, and that was number one, South Carolina, at number two, Stanford. This game, we got extra basketball, free basketball. It was a 76-71 overtime win by South Carolina out in Palo Alto, a packed house at Maples Pavilion on the campus of Stanford. The Cardinal led almost the entire game. You had players like Cameron Brink, 25 points, but she fouled out. Haley Jones, just 5 of 19 from the field, but Stanford able to hold that lead pretty much the entire ball game. But then it was really two costly mistakes, mental mistakes in overtime. A five-second call late and then no timeout available to Stanford. That equaled a technical foul. And a South Carolina team that really battled all day long. Aaliyah Boston, 14 points, 13 boards. She fouled out with just under 30 seconds left to go in overtime. But a fantastic display of women's college basketball. And we always like to say, or I do, it's my motto really, that if you want to be the best, you've got to be the best. Now we've seen these, these are the two back, two national champions that we've seen the last two seasons. They look different. Their teams, their lineups are different. They've got different players now stepping up into different roles. And the matchups maybe not the same as when they played before. But what I really liked about this is that I think it was not only a display of what these two teams are now, but what they can be in the future going forward. We know how tough the Pac-12 is going to be. We know how tough the SEC is going to be. But these two teams sitting at number one and number two and just going head-to-head for 45 minutes, again, extra time yesterday, fantastic. And it couldn't have gotten any better. I really like to see what Stanford's going to be able to do now coming out of this. I think they learned a lot. As we said, a couple uncharacteristic mental mistakes late in the game, things you don't necessarily see from a Tara Vanderveer basketball team, but some of that is just, is still early in the season. I mean, it was November 20th and that is early. People haven't necessarily been playing a lot of games yet. You've got to get ready for that. 
But I applaud. I applaud the fact that Don Staley put her team on a plane and went to the entire other coast of the United States. This was a battle, one for the ages, and one that really put women's basketball on display yesterday. So it was awesome. All right. Now, we've got to talk about sun and the fun. And or fun in the sun, I should say, is really how that phrase is supposed to go. But you can have sun in the fun and all of the above. It's preseason Thanksgiving week tournament time. This is where for players, they love it. Coaches, maybe not as much. Support spat, support staff probably despise it to an extent because it takes a lot. It takes a lot of work to be able to take a team and take your entire unit, put them on a plane and head somewhere warm. But this is where great competition and tournaments come into play. And what we're seeing already with a couple on display that started over this past weekend, outstanding basketball all across the board. These are challenges. This is how teams get ready. It's how you get ready for your conference. It's how you kind of see where you measure up against some of the other best talent in the nation. And it's also a great experience. It's a great experience for the student athletes. It's a great experience for team bonding. And yeah, sometimes it is. It's really nice to get away from the crappy weather that you may have. I mean, I just think about those people up in upstate New York and they show those pictures on the news of folks with like 80 inches of snow in Buffalo. Yeah, you want to get away from that. It's time to get out. As my friend Kenny Chesney says, or as we think he's a friend in our house because we love Kenny Chesney, let the warm air melt these blues away. The warm air will absolutely melt blues away. We hope that the snow starts melting in that upper upper New York and the Buffalo area. It's been cold in the Midwest. So yeah, a lot of these teams are ready to go and it's a great opportunity. The first one out of the gate, which started over this weekend down in Atlantis, the bad boy mowers, women's battle for Atlantis. Now, the first games were this, Tennessee Rutgers, UCLA, South Dakota State, Texas Marquette, Louisville, Gonzaga. Those are some big time teams, good programs, ones that sometimes fly under the radar from a mid-major standpoint, but some of the top ranked teams in the nation. Now, we saw Tennessee get by Rutgers. UCLA gets a seven-point win over South Dakota State. Marquette upsets Texas. Now, Texas is still without their lead guard and sophomore sensation, Rory Harmon. So this is a team that's playing a little bit different. But I do look for them to bounce back. They will be better when she's in the lineup, but she hasn't been available because of injury. And then a huge overtime win from the Gonzaga Bulldogs, and they take down Louisville 79-67 in the first round of that battle for Atlantis. Now, then, it's a real bracket down there in the Bahamas, so they split and go both directions. As we stay on the winner side, UCLA, they beat Tennessee 80 to 63. They out-rebounded Tennessee 41 to 30. UCLA had four in double figures, and they also went 16 of 30 from the three-point range. Now, Marquette, they get by Gonzaga. Gonzaga had 16 turnovers and just 36% from the field. Chloe Morota, 60, a 6'1 junior a 6'1 senior, excuse me, from Marquette. She had 18 points and eight boards. That sets up today's final, which I think will be a good one. UCLA and Marquette in the final in the championship game of the Battle for Atlantis. Now, a lot of questions that come out of this, which some have to talk about Tennessee, and I think you also have to talk about Louisville. I think Louisville maybe didn't play as well as they wanted to. They go into overtime, and Gonzaga just had the advantage. But I think this is also a Tennessee team, even though they were ranked high, and I still like all of the talent that Kelly Harper has on that squad. They've got some question marks, and how do you answer that? Well, a lot of it is blending and finding that right chemistry and culture with some new faces and transfers that came into that lineup. That changes things, I think, tremendously. 
for Tennessee. But that's going to be a great final that you're going to see this afternoon if you're clicking around on your television and you'll see that, the battle for Atlantis. Keep your eyes open for the winner of that UCLA-Marquette game. Now, the other one that starts here uh, in the next couple days is uh, the Pink Flamingo Championship. And this is the Baja Mar Hoops Pink Flamingo Championships. It starts Monday, November 21st. They are in the Bahamas and Nassau. Can't beat it because that sounds like a fantastic place to play. All eight games of the Pink Flamingo Championship will be broadcast on Flow Hoops. So if you have a Flow Hoops uh, subscription, you'll be able to see these games. The schedule is as follows. It starts Monday, the 21st, today. First game out of the gate, number 14, Virginia Tech versus Kentucky. Virginia Tech, they are 3-0, headed down to the sun. Elizabeth Kitely, she's 17 and a half points a game. You've also got a point guard in Georgia Moore, 11 a game. 5.7 assists per game. And we know one of the X factors for this Virginia Tech squad, Ashley Owasso, 25 minutes a game, continuing to assert herself, the Maryland transfer becoming a big part of this Virginia Tech lineup. Then it's Utah versus Alabama. Utah coming in number 25. They should rise in the AP poll after a monster win over Oklahoma last week where they scored 124 points. Wow, they get Alabama, who's 2-1 and one, as they go to the Sun. Wake Forest and Missouri, that is the third game in the Pink Flamingo Championship on Monday the 21st. And then the, the last game, Dayton versus Ole Miss. You've got Dayton there on an 0-4 start, Ole Miss at 4-0. and And that's one of the big factors there is that this is at both Dayton she was Wake Forest versus Missouri is the third game. I'm sorry. Wake Forest versus Missouri is the third game. Dayton versus Old Miss is the fourth. Dayton for 0 and 4, Old Miss 4 and 0. Both Dayton and Wake Forest teams that are there this week first year head coaches. Then the schedule flips Wednesday, the 23rd. They're going to get a day off on um, Tuesday, the 22nd. Alabama will take on Wake Forest, Missouri versus Virginia Tech, Kentucky versus Dayton, and then Ole Miss versus Utah. So that is the Pink Flamingo Championships. I like some of those matchups. You got to look at this Missouri team as well. I think they might be able to catch a couple people off guard. The matchup with Wake Forest, the first game will be interesting, and then they get Virginia Tech. They're going in 5-0 and as they head down to the Bahamas, two players averaging double figures, Lauren Hansen, Haley Frank. But the thing about the Tigers right now, they're holding all of their opponents under 50 points a game. Can that defense hold up against some of the best talent in the nation? We will see. All right, when we come back, more games to watch for at tournaments that are taking place November 24th to the 26th. And as Kenny Chesney says, the sun, the sand, and a drink in my hand, that sounds just about right. But first, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We all have had that experience where something has popped up via LinkedIn, a message from a potential a, a recruiter or a potential employer. An opportunity presents itself just at the right time, and it can all happen at LinkedIn. 
It is so easy to create a free job posting with LinkedIn jobs. You just add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire. And this is a way for every small business out there to finish this year strong and find the right people for your team at the right time. It's why all small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash MBA. That's linkedin.com slash MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Hi, everybody. I am Missy Heidrich, and thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insight only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, we are talking about the holiday preseason tournaments. Again, fun in the sun. You get to the beach. You see a beautiful sunset, and then there is basketball along the way. All right, now we got to talk about things that are happening in the span of around November 24, 25, 26. The Goombay Splash in the Binami Bahamas. 11-24, November 24th, you're going to get George Mason versus LSU and American versus Notre Dame. And then on the 25th, UAB is going to play the loser of those games. Arizona will then get the loser of the other. And then I think the marquee matchups for me, and I like to see, is going to be on the, the 26th. You're going to get UAB versus the winner of the first game and then Arizona State versus the winner. But I like to see the matchup between Arizona State and Notre Dame. I think that one could be interesting. Again, you're talking about three games in three days or two, your, each team will play two games, excuse me, when they're down at the Goombay Splash, but it's a, over a span of three days. But I like that Arizona State versus Notre Dame team game. I think this Notre Dame squad kind of finding their own footing. We're watching some of those new post players that have come into the transfer and Kylie Watson and Lauren Ebo who give them a little bit more of a presence inside, but it truly is driven by the guard game for this Notre Dame squad. That's why they've been able to get out and run in transition. I think it'll be interesting to see how Arizona State can react to that. Are they necessarily going to want to go up and down as much with Notre Dame? That will be the question, a good test for both squads. All right, then it's the St. Pete Showcase, November 24th to 25th. A couple of the marquee matchups you'll see in St. Petersburg, Florida, Houston and Florida. That, to me, seems like one of the big ones. Other teams there, Green Bay, Portland out of the WCC, Northeastern as well. Some good matchups and opportunities for teams to establish themselves and get a footing. I look at Houston as a team. They come into the Big 12 a year from now. And then Florida trying to establish themselves. Kelly Ray Finley, that new head coach, the interim went away. She takes over this Gator program, trying to put her stamp on it. That will be a good test for them down at the St. Pete Showcase. All right, then we get to go to Mexico, and it's the Cancun Challenge, and that runs on 24th to the 25th. Now, the one thing about the Cancun Challenge is that there are a lot of games, but ones to keep an eye on. And they all start on the 24th. 
All right. So the first one that I like is Oklahoma State versus Florida State. This is one to keep an eye on. Oklahoma State, they have started fast. They've been scoring a lot of points. They did have their first loss of the year just yesterday on Sunday. But this is a Florida State team right now, 5-0. and oh. They had an overtime win over Houston, somebody who we just saw. They're going to be in St. Petersburg. But they did beat their in-state rival, Florida, 92-77. to They are led right now by a freshman guard, somebody that popped up in our podcast last week with Matthew, with Mitchell Northam. Tanea Lotson, she is the freshman guard, and she has led them in scoring in every single game. They are 5-0. and oh. Keep an eye on the Seminoles and keep an eye on Lotson. That is Purdue and Harvard. Vanderbilt will match up with NC State in the first round there at the Cancun Challenge on the 24th. Vanderbilt is 5-1. NC State, they are coming off a big loss to UConn, 91-69. That was a stunner for them. How do they react? This will be a good challenge. They get a couple days off to regroup. You travel, and then you've got got to get ready to play. And then the, the last game on the 24th in Cancun, Tulane versus Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa is twenty is two and two. They've had losses to number seven Iowa State, where they only lost by three, and to number two, number twenty Creighton. That game, eighty-five to sixty-six. It will be an interesting matchup against Tulane, but I look for Northern Iowa to bounce back. And then also, don't we have West Virginia and Central Michigan? This is a three and zero West Virginia team. Sophomore guard JJ Quinterly. She sets the tone for them on both ends of the floor. This West Virginia team has held all three of their opponents so far this year under 55 points. Don Plitzewhite in her first year there, they love defense, and that is how they are going to hang their hat. Now, the second run of the next set of games will be on the 25th for the Cancun Challenges. The matchups are this, Harvard and Oklahoma State, Florida State and Purdue, NC State and West Virginia. I think West Virginia will be a little bit outmatched by NC State. However, the defense of the Mountaineers can be the difference there. Northern Northern Iowa will get Vanderbilt, and then Central Michigan will take on Tulane. And then on 11-26, there is two games. So there's just a host of teams that take that get two, and then there's just four that get three games out of this. Harvard and Florida State and Purdue and Oklahoma State will match up on the 26th. So big challenges in Cancun. Not couldn't think of a better place that you might want to go and get great basketball. I could handle a little bit of Mexico. Like we say, as Kenny Chesney says, let the warm air melt these blues away. Even a loss can be a little bit helpful and pick up your spirits when you see that fantastic and get that ocean breeze. All right. Next up, November 24th to 25th, you've got to go to the U.S. Virgin Islands and the Paradise Jam. Now, the Paradise Jam is set up differently than a lot of the others, and it's it's interesting because they really have two tournaments going on, the Island Tournament and the Reef Tournament. So you've got four teams, and they play in a round-robin setup. So the Island Tournament, they both start on the 24th. The Island Tournament is first. Wisconsin takes on Georgia. VCU takes on Seton Hall. Out of these, you've got to look at Wisconsin. They're trying to establish themselves, kind of rebuild for the Badgers, and they're going to take on a Georgia team where a lot of people have circled Georgia as one of the key teams in the SEC with a lot of new faces that have followed their new coach and Katie Abramson Henderson as she takes over that program. They came from UCF, but yet she also was able to bring some recruits with her and new faces there. So I like that Wisconsin-Georgia VCU-Seton Hall. Then on Friday, Seton Hall gets wisconsin Georgia takes on VCU. And then on Saturday, the 26th, VCU, Wisconsin, Seton Hall, Georgia. So great matchups in the island side of the bracket. On the reef tournament side of the bracket, 
Northern Arizona and Arkansas matchup first, and then it's Clemson versus Kansas State. Kansas State then will get Northern Arizona on the 25th, Arkansas and Clemson, and then Clemson, Northern Arizona on the 26th, and Kansas State and Arkansas on the 26th as well. I feel like that might be the tougher side of the brack of the two tournaments of, of the setup here, just simply because I think Clemson has a lot of weapons. Um, I like what they're able to do there in terms of pressure and, and forcing people to have to play fast. You're going to see that out of Clemson, Arkansas. They want to get up and down. They're going to score. Kansas state is riding high right now, most likely going to be not only receiving votes, but could break into the top 25 after that huge upset win of number four, Iowa at home, they win by one, but they battled all day and really were able to control tempo late, which was huge of getting a win over Iowa. But this is a huge challenge when you go to the paradise jam, because it is three games in three days. And a lot of these coaches have set up their non-con schedules to be able to do this because it does give you, it gives you a feel, it gives you a feel of a conference tournament. And even how you have to, even with the day off, once you hit NCAA tournament time, you got to have your team mentally and physically prepared. A non-conference tournament like this with great competition in a fantastic setting that can do that and get people ready. All right. When we come back, we'll test our luck at the casinos. It's a Las Vegas Invitational and the marquee matchups at the 2022 Phil Knight Invitational in Portland. But first, let me talk to you about our friends at betonline.net. It is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends from every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all on betonline.net. The World Cup starts today across the pond, but we know that that is going to be a hot topic in the betting world. So you'll find everything you need to know about it at BetOnline. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting fix. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. There's so much action going on during this entire holiday week of Thanksgiving. Football, basketball, college football, college basketball, you name it, the World Cup, everything is there. Bet online has you covered. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Hi, everybody. It is Missy Heidrich. Thank you so much for joining us here on Lockdown Women's Basketball. We've got a lot. We've been talking about all of the great matchups and where you're going to find outstanding basketball all week long. Now, the hard part about a lot of these tournaments is they're tough to find on television. Now, you may have to have a streaming service. You could find some on ESPN3. It's just here or there, flow hoops. Just keep your eye out. But either way, you're going to be able to stay up to date with scores and news. And we know that a lot of these will be fantastic games all around. Now, I said we had to test, we had to test our luck at the casino. So that's going to take us to the 2022 Las Vegas Invitational. It happens actually at the Mirage. So for anybody that's going there, if you're a fan, I mean, you can go to a game, you can step out, you can play a couple of hands, you can come back in, you can pull a couple slots, whatever it looks like. And then I guess you hit the buffet along the way as well. But at the Mirage and the 2022 Las Vegas Invitational, the first round of games are going to be Friday, November 25th. The first, Middle Tennessee State takes on Texas Tech. Then you've got UTSA versus Missouri State. Now, both of those teams, one and two right now. This is the second year for head coach Karen Aston at UTSA. Beth Cunningham taking over at Missouri State. So you can see both kind of in that rebuilding piece and kind of trying to put all of their pieces of the puzzle together. I do like that matchup because I think it'll be a fast-paced game with a lot of scoring options, but yet when necessary, they can really buckle down into the half court and execute. Then you've got Memphis versus St. John's. Then it's Auburn versus Indiana. That is a top 10. 
10 Indiana Hoosier team. They go to Vegas 5-0. and Grace Berger, Mackenzie Holmes, everyone saw what they did to Tennessee just a week or two ago. This is an Indiana team, I think, that is poised to make a ton of noise all season. They will absolutely challenge for the Big Ten title this season. And then the last game on the first day of November 25th is Mercer versus Colorado State. On Saturday the 26th, these will be back-to-back games, so then the schedules flip. You've got Missouri State. They're going to take on Middle Tennessee, St. John's versus UTSA. Colorado State takes on Auburn. Indiana is going to get Memphis, and then Texas Tech will get Mercer. So remember, Auburn, they're interesting as well. They are 3-1 and one to start the season so far. Their only loss, a six-point loss to Georgia Tech. So I do like what Auburn is able to do, a little bit of a rebuild there as well. We know that that is happening all across the country first and second year coaches trying to establish themselves but these tournaments are a great way to kind of put your teams to the test see what you got see what we're where we are at what 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 do we have to improve on where can really we buckle down what's got to be better who can help us maybe there's somebody that all of a sudden comes off the bench in these two or three games when you are on the road they're inspired by the nice weather and the sun and the fun And all of a sudden, you've got a bench player who really can step up and assert themselves, maybe breaks into the starting lineup. Look for all of those things to happen. Nothing is set in stone, especially this early in the season. All right. Now, this, I think, is one of the marquee pieces of what we're going to see over the holiday break. And that is going to be the two pieces of the Phil Knight Invitational that are happening up in Portland. All right. Now, the 2022 PKI Phil Knight Invitational Women's Bracket looks like this. Thursday, November 24th. You will see this game 2 o'clock Pacific time on ESPNU. It is North Carolina versus Oregon. Number 13 versus number 21 as it sits today. I like this matchup. I think this is going to be a very interesting game. I think it's going to be a battle of the guards. Much more than maybe the post players that we are usually or that we we see a lot of. However, I think North Carolina may have a little bit more of an advantage in the post, but this could be a fast game. This could be up and down and a lot of points scored. So someone's going to have to get some stops defensively. Maybe they create some offense in from their defense. I would look for both of those teams to get up and down, high scoring, high paced. The second in that bracket of the PKI Invitational, number seven, Iowa State. They take on Michigan State. That game, 4.30 Pacific time on the 24th on ESPNU. Now, the Spartans, 6-0. They've been averaging about 91 points a game. They have not, however, played an opponent yet like Iowa State. The Cyclones are loaded. Everybody knows about Ashley Jones. However, if you don't yet, please do. She is one of the most... Uh, well-rounded players in the nation. She can score. She can rebound. She looks to pass. Every player on the Iowa State squad has the green light for that three-point shot, but they are going to create. And players like Lexi Donarski and Emily Ryan, they can knock down shots. And a weapon that Bill Finley hasn't had in a long time is he's got length and size and height inside. Stephanie Suarez, she comes in as a transfer this season and is making an impact for the Cyclones. So I look for this Iowa State team to get up and down. They're gonna, they've got to knock down shots. Michigan State's going to have to find a way to really – defend this Iowa State offense. Winners will play on Sunday the 27th. Losers will play on Sunday the 27th as well. Both of those games will be on ESPN2. Now, the other half of the 2022 Phil Knight Legacy Tournament, that is also happening in Portland. And that takes us, first game, Friday, November 25th. 
5.30 p.m. Eastern time. So that makes it 3.30 Pacific time. ESPN2 slash ESPNU, depending on where they're at. That is going to be UConn versus Duke. Big win for UConn over NC State, 91-69 to yesterday. And I know that there was a lot happening in the pregame with associate head coach, associate head coach Chris Daly. Um, looked, it seems as though that has been reported that she fainted. She was taken off and attended to by medical personnel. Seems to be doing okay. So I know that that was a lot of shock. They added time to um, the pregame warmups for both of those teams. But the Huskies came out on fire and they got themselves a huge win at home. I think that is a big catalyst as they take on a Duke team that is five and oh, this Duke team looks different than what they had last year. It's a blend. It's a blend of returners and new faces. They're five and oh, they had a 71 to 52 win over Texas A&M. That's the one that stands out on their schedule so far. UConn will be a challenge. The other half of that bracket on the bottom side 8 p.m. Eastern, so 6 p.m. Pacific time on ESPNU, Friday the 25th, Iowa at Oregon State. The Beavers are 4-0, Iowa 3-1, as we just talked about a little bit earlier. They lost on the road by one at Kansas State. Caitlin Clark sprained her ankle on the last possession of that ball game, which was waved off and did not allow Iowa to be able to get those free throws. But she did come back, was day-to-day, and that was the announcement. They did come back, and they did beat Belmont at home yesterday on the 20th, a big win, because we all know Belmont's a huge challenge. I wouldn't want to see Belmont on my schedule if I was a coach. I just think they're incredibly difficult and such a good team to play. But Iowa does bounce back. They get that win. Now, they are headed west. They'll go to Portland, and they will get Oregon State to in this two-game matchup. Just as it was with the PKI, with North Carolina, Oregon, Iowa State, and Michigan and Michigan State. Winners play, losers play. The losers will play Sunday, the 27th, 1 p.m. Eastern, or excuse me, 10 p.m. Eastern, so 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific time on ESPN2. The winners of this game will play Sunday, the 27th, 1 p.m. Eastern, or 11 a.m. Eastern Pacific time on ABC. That will be quite the matchup. So you know that they are looking for... You're going to be able to see women's basketball all across the time and a lot of different phases, a lot of different networks, a lot of different options, streaming services, but there are fantastic games to watch all across this week. It makes the holiday even that much more tolerable when we know we've got great basketball to watch and that we have outstanding sports all across the country. Um, I want to tell everybody, first and foremost, I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving Uh, Hope you have a wonderful week spent with family and friends all across wherever your travels may take you, or if you're just at home and you have a chance to sit and watch basketball, I hope you do. Or maybe, maybe your sport is college football. We know that there are going to be some fantastic matchups all, um, all week and and great rivalry games. And that's just what's made college sports so unique. Maybe you're going to be watching NFL football on Thanksgiving day, which everybody does. It seems so traditional, but I just hope that you have, um, time with family and friends and are thankful for everything that we have. And I also wanted to just take a moment. Um, Last Monday, I had the awesome pleasure of being on this podcast and recording this episode for our Monday time slot with um, one of my colleagues at The Next, Mitchell Northam. And Mitchell is a fantastic reporter and journalist and does an amazing job of covering the ACC. And I looked back on that and we got done with it and it seemed as though my, my phone and everything on your computer and the news and the radio started talking about the tragedy that happened at the University of Virginia. 
And I just wanted to take a moment, um, and we did not talk about it last week, really, because it, the news hadn't really hit. Nobody understood really what the severity or, or what had happened at UVA. Um, but I do want to just take a moment to commend the University of Virginia for navigating what is such a senseless tragedy on their campus a week ago. Um, the ACC, other institutions in the state of Virginia, um, college athletics and the college athletics community is, it may seem really large, it might seem really big some days, but it really is actually a very tight and small community. Um, coaches and support staff and administrators, um, both at the university level and academia, but also in athletic departments, we all and I say we because I've been there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm retired from that part of the world, but we all cross paths, and it's a small world. And you know, you know, people all over the country that work at different institutions. And so I just want to commend and know that um, there's been a lot of people that have uh, been thinking about UVA and keeping them um, in their hearts and understanding about how senseless this was. But the other piece of this is, is that there are a lot of student athletes and student athletes in general, um, no matter where you are, at a P5 school or a junior college or a small NAI institution not far from your home, you are part of that university committee a community. And student athletes, just as regular students on campus, um, they're part of field trips and class projects and all of the things that go on, um, just like a regular college student. And Student athletes then are a little bit unique because they use their gifts and their talents in a different way. They use them as a vehicle uh, for what is supposed to come next for them. Unfortunately for UVA, three young men lost their lives. One other was injured and a young woman who was not a student athlete was also injured and happy to hear that both of them are recovering. But I think we just always have to keep in mind that um, no matter what happens on these college campuses, uh, Lives are touched and they come in different forms and fashion. Um, but I, I just hope that um, when the memorials are finished and uh, the, the, the stories stop and the news coverage lightens in the, at the University of Virginia campus and around um, thinking about the three football players at UVA that lost their, that lost their lives, um, that we don't forget, that we keep them and we understand what they were about because um, they touched a lot of people and a, um, a lot of teammates, a lot of friends, um, everyone on their campus, and obviously from the outpouring that we've shown, people all over the country. So. Um, Please know as you think about your Thanksgiving this week um, that UVA and their community is in the hearts and um, in the minds of a lot of others all across the country. I want to thank everybody for being here and listening and watching today. Uh, I'm truly thankful for the opportunity to get to do this every week. You can find me, Missy Heydrich, at Twitter. And then please don't forget every day, go two or three times a day if you want to follow my amazing college at, colleagues at the Next Hoops and right here on this podcast at Locked On Women's Basketball. Please join me here on Mondays. We're going to talk everything about college hoops and all the news and notes about college athletics in between and come back all this week for more episodes, whether it's college basketball news, international, but also so much going on in the WNBA, head coaching hirings and a lot of moves. We have you covered. Thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Sports Today podcast. 
the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, everybody. Please go enjoy some fun in the sun. Get your basketball fix all week, and we'll see you right here next time at Locked On Women's Basketball.